This is the All In Clemson Tigers podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of the Clemson Tigers. Welcome in, everyone, to the All In Clemson Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Riley Hughes. And as always, I'm here with Carter Hughes, my co-host. What's up, everybody? We are back. We're burnt, and we're better than ever. (laughs) We're back because, as you probably noticed, we were away. We didn't give your the preview episode for the FSU game. We just ran out of time and couldn't pull it together. Circumstances prevented us from being here, and it took heaven and earth to keep us from being at these mics, let me tell you. (laughs) Uh, but we are back now, and we're burnt because it would have taken heaven and earth to keep us from Memorial Stadium this Saturday. That's where we were, watching uh, Florida State get whipped by the Tigers. <laughs> and little insight into our life, that was our first ever Clemson game. Yes, it was. It was for me, unless there's something you're not telling me. Uh, no, that was my first Clemson game as well. <laughs> <laughs> what were your thoughts of the whole game day experience uh, I thought it was really cool I mean obviously it was a blowout but like the whole atmosphere and I think probably the biggest takeaway was walking to the game and just seeing all the tailgating like everywhere oh my gosh thought, like we we parked pretty far out and so we were walking <laughs> because we're poor <laughs> yes <laughs> and like we were walking and we went through like all these parking lots like they were just tailgating everywhere like and know. everything like, was covered in Clemson. It was just orange everywhere. It, so it, it was very impressive. I think actually you kept saying like, "Look at all the stickers on the cars." Like, <laughs> <laughs> every car that went by had a million a Clemson, Clemson paw on them. everything. There was you could like it was crazy. It was really cool. Yeah, and it was fun too. Outside of the fact that we were sitting in the wrong seats twice. They could do a better job of telling you what section you're in, I guess. <laughs> when you go up the section steps, take a left, I, is what I, my understanding is, instead of a right. Which, anyways, you don't need you to just blend that on us. Yeah, we were up really high. It didn't really matter. Uh, but it was a great game if you're a Tiger fan. And it was a fun atmosphere for the most part. I'd say for the first half, it was a good atmosphere because come around the third quarter, everybody was taken Skirt. off. <laughs> and we left at the beginning of the fourth quarter ourselves. Because we wanted to get back and watch another game tonight. Whoops, should I have said that? I don't know. Oh, well. Let's get into the FSU game. Let's talk about what we observed there. And we actually just watched it again. Because it's a whole different experience watching it in person. <laughs> and yeah. I was laughing at you because you were like, I'm so distracted. I can't focus on the game. <laughs> <laughs> so many other things going on. Uh, so we watched the game again. And, and all but the fourth quarter again. Because the fourth quarter just won't matter. So we'll recap the first three quarters. Third you. quarter didn't even matter, really. That's right. We don't care. All that matters, though, is that though it wasn't a perfect game for Clemson, it was, I would say, their most complete and clean game. Oh, easily. <laughs> That's not to say that it was perfect, again, by any means. But it was their best game, and they dominated FSU, uh, beating them 45-14. to uh, And, of course, this was... A very important performance because I think the eyes of the haters were on Clemson this week because as we are breaking here on this podcast, Clemson beat the University of North Carolina by one point two weeks ago. 
and then they had a bye week. So there, we had a couple of weeks in there to wait to see how the Tigers were going to respond after a really close game and a game that, again, all the doubters came out. Everybody who's been doubting Clemson because they haven't played anybody good, except for Texas A&M, who isn't ranked anymore, by the way. <laughs> we talked about that the last time. Uh, they, they beat Texas A&M, but that's it. And then they come in and they just crush FSU, which was great to see. And Dabo, I'm sure, was happy about it because I read a few stories, uh, one on The Athletic specifically, that was detailing uh, a heated team meeting that he had where he was just lighting into uh, the team in general and their performance and kind of their will to win at this point. And the team took it to heart. They came out and they didn't let up on the gas against Florida State, which was obviously important to see and um, I think is a good sign for what the future holds in this season. Yeah. We kind of saw them stumbling, or I guess you could say the performances got a little weaker and that hit the valley of the UNC game. And I'm hoping this is kind of where the momentum begins to skyrocket and take off for them. Yeah, I think throughout the bye week and everything, I think their mindset changed just watching this game. It went from we should win by 50 points to we're going to win by 50 points. Exactly. And they came out and they put it to Florida State. That's that. I think that's the biggest thing was their mindset just changed. Sure. And I think that became obvious when Dabo came out and out to uh, the hill there and on Howard's Rock, and he was going nuts. I mean, he was begging the crowd for energy, and and, uh, and not that they needed the motivation, but um, Dabo was really hyped up before the game. And, you, I mean, you could see, especially when he was lighting into BT Potter, we'll get around to that in a minute, but he was, I mean, he was fired up. He he was expecting his team to follow his lead energy-wise, and they did, certainly. So let's talk about a couple of the, the takeaways. I think the biggest and the most obvious takeaway that we have is that, the, well, I guess on the offensive side of the ball is what I'm thinking, is that the, the play calling was super aggressive coming out of the gates, mm-hmm. which led to a fast start, and then the running game just buried FSU. So on the offensive side of the ball, they came out and they showed FSU who's boss. So you say after that first possession, or like during that first possession, like you could just feel the swing of the game already. It was just like, is this even going to be a game? Like they just came out and scored so quickly. <laughs> yeah, I mean they were hitting, they were looking for the home run, home run right off the bat. They had that first long pass to T Higgins down the sideline, and then they had a reverse pass from ETN for another good gain. And then they got stuffed a few times on the goal line, and then they went for it on fourth and three or fourth and goal from the three, that is, and hit a shovel pass to ETN for the touchdown. That's about as aggressive as you can get on a mm-hmm. first drive. Yeah. And which led, and eventually that led to 14 points in the first quarter and 14 points in the second quarter. And what should have should have been 31 points, really. Uh, or more. Or 35. Yeah, probably. yeah. You're Either right. Way. <laughs> <laughs> probably should have been more. 30-something. Yeah, but at halftime, it was 28-zip. That's where you want Clemson to be Oh yeah, throughout the season. And, I mean, it could have been better. They really could have scored on a couple of those possessions right before the half, but that's okay. We'll, we'll, give, we'll cut them a little bit of slack for that. Uh, and they only had one three and out the entire game, which is something, if you watch the North Carolina game, was incredibly frustrating. It was just the three and outs, the inconsistencies. They strung together drives as well. They had some longer 
drives, not the first, not the first drive. That's okay. <laughs> but after that, they put together some nice long clock eating drives. And actually they set a record in the Dabo era for the most time of possession in a game. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I think it was like 32 minutes or something like that. It was, they held the ball for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, but as I said, so the, so at the beginning, the play calling was aggressive and it was throughout the game. Uh, but then the running game really came alive in this game, which is fantastic to see because as I've talked about in the last couple of weeks, I think the running game is sort of the key for this offense. It, if they could just get the running game to explain, as explosive as it could be, I think it would unlock. It's the key to unlock really the rest of this offense mm -hmm. and to take pressure off for Trevor Lawrence, open up those receivers, pull those safeties down. And I think we'll see more success. And this was a great start. They had 320 rushing yards this game. ETN was over 100 yards. He had 127 yards. He averaged seven and a half yards. And Lynn J. Dixon uh, was, had a strong showing as well. He had 49 yards. The only... Um, negatives that I saw from the game really were a couple of the turnovers. They had a fumble in the third quarter and uh, Trevor Lawrence, that he had a pretty solid day overall, but he just threw a really, really, a really stupid interception that just trying to do too much. Everyone in the, in the stands was just like, what the heck is, what was that? And then we watched it and it was almost like, it was even worse on TV. Yeah. That's I, I don't even know what to say to it. Like he was, it, it felt like he was trying to be a receiver, trying to, you know, keep his toes in bounds. I've never seen that before. Like, I don't even know what to say to it. It was so stupid. Like it wasn't even close to the receiver. Not to mention you were up. Were they up 28, nothing at that point still? Like, uh, I think so. There's just no point to do anything like that to get Florida State back in the game. Just like throw it away. That was it. Was that it? Third down, even. I, uh, I think it was yeah, actually. Okay. Either way, you get a punt it and pin him deep. Like there's no yeah. point to throw. It was, yeah. it was a very stupid throw. It turned out okay because obviously the defense dominated in this game. But there's still some of those. It's for all as little as he did last season of those head scratching plays, he's more than made up for it this season. I feel like he has one of those, like one of those throws every single game. He does. I mean, I think after that happened too, and people may not like hearing this, but I, I leaned over to you and I said, he's going to lose Clemson a game. If he keeps, you know, mm -hmm. if he throws like that, uh, or if he has a game where he has a few of those passes, which he has already, mm -hmm. uh, this season in the not close games. Uh, but, I'm just afraid it's going to pile, especially, and this may not happen until the playoffs, maybe, or the ACC championship or something later on down the road. It may not happen in the regular season, but the way that he's playing, I just get nervous that once he gets in a big game, that he's going to do some more of those, just throw some really stupid passes. I, there are really no words to say. It might be, but I mean, overall, I thought it was actually his best game of the season for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Like he had some really nice throws. I think he only overthrew like two or three passes, but I, I don't think they were really a chance anyways. But like overall, I thought he was really solid in his best game of the season, actually. Yeah. Other than he, that one throw. <laughs> yeah. He he did have a solid showing and he ran the ball pretty well, uh, which obviously I've been Took a few ranting hits, and railing but against. Uh, but I think we've, I think we've like conceded this though, but once again, the 10 yard line, there's going to be a draw or an option for him to run the ball. Yeah. Which I guess and I'm they always with. seem to call it like, yeah. I mean, the dude is six, six. So sure. 
Yeah, it's fine as long as he doesn't get hurt. So, I mean, it's 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 totally up the coaching staff if that's what they feel like they need to do. I just don't want to see Trevor Lawrence running the ball when they're up 42 zip. It also is like they have so many weapons. Like, why do you need to run the ball with Trevor Lawrence? That's what I'm saying. They had <laughs> 300, well, minus his rushing yards, it would have been 280 rushing yards without Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you don't need him to run. Mm-hmm. Now, he did pick up a first down with his legs, and he scored a touchdown. And... Actually, I think the threat of him running allowed them to score on that first drive on that shovel pass mm-hmm. that looked like a draw, actually, yeah. where he just shoveled it to ETN. Anyways, all to say, Trevor Lawrence had a good day, mm-hmm. and he didn't get hurt. So we're okay at this point. Uh, the other negative was they still had a few penalties on the offensive line, and it was only two, which wasn't a huge deal. Um, and they were false starts, but you still don't like to see that at home, especially with it. A, a unit that's been struggling with penalties throughout the season. I think especially on the first possession that they were driving the ball really fast, and then all of a sudden they got like to the 10, 15-yard line and they got a false start. It oh, threw, yeah. It threw them off a little bit. I mean, obviously, they still capitalized on everything, but it took away a lot of momentum. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like the game probably wouldn't have been different if they had scored a field goal on that drive. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. It almost did. They, it was right after the two big plays that they had, and then they immediately had a false start. Well, that almost, I mean, it did set them back behind the chains, and that could have really ruined momentum. It didn't, though, so we won't play the what-if game. But overall, the offense had a great day, and the running game carried them, which is something that we've been waiting for since the Georgia Tech game. Yeah, it was just a dominating performance. Like, I was watching, this isn't exact or anything, but through, I think, the first three quarters, like they didn't have a single play for negative yards. Like, yeah, I think in the fourth, didn't really pay attention in the fourth, <laughs> and those were all backups. So well, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, it's not that we didn't pay attention to the fourth; it's that we didn't watch the fourth quarter either time we watched the game. Okay, sure, but like they didn't have a single play for negative yards, which, I mean, you can't really ask for more than that. <laughs> for real, I mean, yeah, you can't beat that. So overall, they finished with 540 or uh, far, excuse me, 552 yards, and um, yeah, I mean that, was, that was a dominating performance. Yes, again, they're still not perfect. They still have some things to clean up, but when you have two turnovers, you fail to convert on a couple of fourth downs or what one fourth down in the red zone before the half, and then you miss a field goal. You know, you go into the half up 28, but it really it could have been 38. You yeah. Know, so, so they left some points on the field, but that's okay. That's okay. They'll continue to build, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly the performance that at least I've been asking for. It's just to come out and dominate the entire game, and that's exactly what sure. they did. I mean, obviously, you're not going to be perfect, like you said, but coming away from the game, even with those few mistakes, I feel this team. Watching that game yesterday, like this team is a top four team when they play the way they should. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute here, and the offense was only half of the equation in this game because the defense was completely dominant against an FSU offense that had seemed to find their rhythm coming into this game. Everyone was talking about how FSU had found their swagger and they were back and they had won back-to-back ACC games for the first time under Willie Taggart, who, by the way, is, what, 8-10 and 10 now in his career at FSU? It's bad. <laughs> yeah, not good. And... You know, people expected, I think, the game to be a little bit closer or for at least Florida State to come out and put up a fight, at least. Mm -hmm. And they didn't (laughs) at all. It was ugly. But 
we have to give the credit where it's due, and that was with the defense. They forced four turnovers, three picks, and a fumble, and that started with the quarterback pressure. They had three sacks and six quarterback pressures, and they were just in the backfield. Our dad texted us during the game, and it again, it it was just kind of hard to – it's a whole different experience, so I wasn't really looking for the pressures necessarily mm-hmm. at that time. But he texted us in the second quarter, I think, and he's like, the Clemson defensive line is just blowing up the offensive line. Yeah. And we looked back and watched it, and it's true. They could not block anyone, and they were in the backfield all day. And again, I, I, we sound like a broken record, but this defensive line keeps showing up every day. And they were even putting up graphics on the on the telecast of how, oh, they lost uh, the all this talent from last year, and this team isn't quite as – dominant the defense isn't quite as dominant but the stats show otherwise yeah they've been destroying opponents and giving up fewer points and fewer yards this season than they did last season with all that quote-unquote talent it it was a lot of talent don't get me wrong but they've plugged and played these new guys in there and Mm -hmm. they're showing up to play and they are absolutely ready for prime time i have no questions about the defense yeah that's what i remember we were going to the game and you're you were telling me, like, FSU can put up some points. And I was looking at their scores, and, like, they have. Then we get out there and watch the game, and, like, they looked like a high school offense out there. Like, <laughs> they just couldn't move the ball at all. Like, they had no chance throughout the game, and they just got destroyed. It was – they looked terrible. It was, <laughs> And that was all because of Clemson. Absolutely. Absolutely. They were – it was an ugly, ugly game for the Florida State offense. And they only they finished with 253 yards, which sounds better than it really was. Because, that was all in the second half. Yeah, more than half of those yards came in the fourth quarter. Because I remember looking up over at the during a commercial break, looking at the jumbotron, the jimbotron. <laughs> no, and Florida State had fewer than 100 yards in the third quarter. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it was it was a beatdown. <laughs> it was pitiful. And of course, in the fourth quarter, Clemson gave up a couple of big plays. Their second, third, and fourth, and fifth, and eighth string players gave up some big plays. But again, overall, there's you can't say enough good things about this defense. They only gave up 10 first downs. Florida State was 2 of 13 on third down. And I guess the, really the only negative I have here is that Tanner Muse is terrible at celebrating. He's got terrible <laughs> dance moves. I don't even know. I remember during the game watching, I'm like, what just happened? And then watching it on TV after, I'm like, what? Yeah. And again, I was still like, what just happened? <laughs> I'm not exactly an expert <laughs> on the history of dance or modern dance, but is that a dance? I don't know what he was doing. Go back and watch the game. He was just like stomping on the ground, oddly. <laughs> Actually, then later in the game, they showed a kicker who... Uh, the backup kicker, I forget his name. and uh, It must be some kind of team celebration or something that we don't know about, but it looked kind of funny, uh, that's for it sure. <laughs> but it was just a bad overall day for Clemson dance moves. And I guess that's a good segue into my final point, my final takeaway. And you've been making fun of me for a couple of weeks now, but BT Potter, man, oh, man, what's going on with you, buddy? Ever since Ooh. I praised you, you've gone downhill. It's been rough for, for him. Uh, it got really bad for him on Saturday that's for sure (laughs) I know we were from our angle in the stadium we couldn't see if the kicks were going in we were at the 50 way up high but you know it was a 24 yard field goal or something super short I just and then I couldn't believe it I was like are you kidding me and then we watched 
the telecast, and that's when we really saw the anger of Dabo Sweeney come out. Oh, my goodness. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. You, you had something is interesting to say about that. Well, yeah. I don't think... I don't even know where to start with this. I thought it was really stupid of Dabo and what he did. Like, it went on for a good minute or two, and they were, kept going back to him, and he was still yelling at BT Potter over this field goal, like in front of the entire team. I was like, I guess I just don't care for the coaching like that when you just just go into a player like that for like two straight minutes in front of the entire team. And then he had his interview at halftime, and he still lit into him. And then afterwards they come back like showing – what happened at halftime? He's like encouraging him, like oh, that's a real coach right there. It's like, well, how about we not just lie into the player for? I'm sure he got into him at halftime as well in the locker room. So do you not like it when Nick Saban does the same thing? Or do you just not like that brand of coaching? I don't like that brand of coaching at all. No, I mean, it might be from a personal aspect. Like it wouldn't work for me because like if some dude's yelling at me like that, it's like, yeah, sure, I'll play whatever, but then I'm not going to acknowledge you after I do something like. Yeah, show me some respect back. I know uh, you're the coach, but like, yeah. I'm also a human being. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I understand, and all coaches are different. But I didn't mind him kind of digging into him right after it happened. I did love. He was just like, you could read his lips. Yeah, that, on the TV, he was just like, "Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me?" And that's what everyone in the stands was saying. That's what I was saying. Are you seriously? Are you kidding me? You can't miss those. Those layups, as Dabo likes to say, the, the coach, the basketball coach Dabo. But, yeah, I didn't love him coming into the, you know, the, the interview right before half or right during halftime and kind of throwing him under the bus. He's not going to see that. That doesn't that's not coaching. That's just talking poorly about your players. I mean, I know it's a little bit different, but like, like, obviously, that's a layup for a kicker. But then. Like he let, he like goes into him for two minutes in front of the entire team. Trevor Lawrence makes the dumbest throw ever. You don't see him yelling at him for two straight minutes in front of everybody. Yeah. Like that's a layup throw just to throw it out of bounds. Like yeah. they were just kind of palling it up. It's on like the you won't line. do that to your quarterback, but you'll do that to your kicker in front of everybody. Like yeah, I just find it a little. Like, yeah, well, I don't I don't care for that. Yeah, maybe he knows that that's how BT Potter responds to coaching. I don't know. It might be. We'll see. I guess we'll find out as the as the season goes on, hopefully. But we may if he's even out there ever again. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say we may need to learn to pronounce the backup kicker's name and uh, make fun of his his dance moves a little bit more. because <laughs> uh, BT Potter is disappointed and I will take full responsibility for it. <laughs> Just massacre me and my I I guess there's like the broadcast jinx. This is we'll call it the podcast Potter Jinx. How about that? <laughs> I just came up with that. That's good. There bad. you go. No, not bad. All right. So those were our main takeaways. There's a whole lot more that goes into it, but again, really a complete game from Clemson. Minus the fourth quarter. We'll just throw the fourth quarter out. Didn't matter. And I think this really does bode well for the future of their season. Mm-hmm. And as they head into the next week, a couple of questions that we want to cover before we wrap this episode up. And this week of, uh, as of this weekend, Clemson, even though they had probably their best, wasn't the best win of the season, I wouldn't say, because Florida State's not the best team that they played, but certainly the best win that they've had, meaning Mm -hmm. the best that they've looked all season. And it still wasn't enough. They dropped in the polls. LSU hopped them because LSU beat Florida in a painful 
fashion last night for some of us who like to see Florida do well. <laughs> Not naming names, uh, but was is that deserved? Does Clemson deserve to fall to third after being second? You know, well, I get. I mean, they were first for a few, for the first few weeks, obviously, but then falling to second, I didn't feel like what happened. I, I'm not sure it's their fault necessarily, but is it warranted for them to fall to third in the polls? Um, I don't think so. Actually, I mean, they, I mean, they came out and did their job. Like they literally dominated their opponent. Now LSU also. I mean, they played a way better opponent. Um. I would, I would have said LSU just jumped to, what is it, third? Not, I don't think they should have jumped ahead of Clemson quite yet. Um, I'd say another win from LSU than they would have jumped, but I'm not, I'm not totally against it because LSU's performance throughout the year so far is still better than Clemson's. So, so you're still sticking with the the best Tigers in the country right now. Are oh, from oh yeah, that's a, yeah. I, LSU looks really good still. So yeah, LSU looks fantastic. Their defense is a little iffy yeah uh, which may come back to bite them when they play Alabama but yeah I, I don't know if it matters again this isn't it's just the the AP poll at this point the the playoff poll doesn't come out for another couple yeah of weeks. like like you said it doesn't matter because LSU and Alabama one of them's gonna have a loss yeah <laughs> they're gonna yeah. play each other so it really doesn't matter if they're ahead of them or not because one of them's gonna fall behind them after they lose so. sure and actually this may work in Clemson's favor if you think about it, because I was reading, somebody wrote this, and I apologize, I don't remember who it was, uh, but they were saying that there's nothing better to see as a Clemson fan than an angry Clemson team, and there's nothing worse for an opponent to see than an angry <laughs> Clemson team, which is what they were this week against Florida State. Mm-hmm. And so even after, again, a dominating victory where you beat Florida State, a blue blood who is down a little bit, but came in with momentum, just completely crushed any hope <laughs> that Florida State had, and you still fall behind in the polls. You think Dabo Sweeney is going to use that this week as a motivation tool to get his team angry and upset for yeah, the next game? for sure. <laughs> he absolutely will, and if you think otherwise, you're an idiot. <laughs> Dabo is going <laughs> to... This is, this is what the doctor ordered. Mm-hmm. You know, or uh, uh, Nick Saban talks about that rat poison that the media always has out there that, you know, when you get praised as Clemson was all off season and even for the most part at the beginning of the season, um, it's, it's, it's poison. It's, you don't want that around your team because your team becomes overconfident and lackadaisical. And now Dabo has plenty of, of motivational fodder out there for his team to use. Uh, Another question. And we touched on this briefly, but, uh, do you think this year's defense is better than last year's? Even, I, I'm not sure that, well, I know for sure that this defense doesn't have nearly as many first-round picks or even draft picks on it in general. But I would, I'd, I don't know, I, I'd be want to say that this year's defense is better than last year's. Last year's, that was best in the country. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're as good this year. Like, obviously, it, it's hard to tell. Because I think their competition last year was better. <laughs> this year's isn't so good. Um, like I'd still consider them in the, easily in the top ten in the country right now, defensive wise. Oh wow! Congratulations, Clemson. Carter considers you a top ten defense right now. What more do you want from me? I mean, come on. <laughs> no, nah, I mean but, I could. They probably want to. I don't know, like the best. 
or top five at least. You got to get. I was playing five. it safe because I can't think of any defenses out there that I'm like, hey, yeah, they're better. All right, <laughs> give, give me a break. How about Wisconsin? Wisconsin has given up something like 39 points all season. Sure. Anyways, we're not. Give we don't want to talk about Wisconsin on this podcast. Down. I don't know why you brought them up. I know. Speaking of that, is anyone else annoyed at the? This has nothing to do with Clemson, but is anyone else annoyed at the fact that the ABC game for the last three or four weeks has been a crappy Big Ten game? The primetime game. Yeah, yeah, excuse me, the primetime game. Give me a break. That's, ugh. That's what I liked watching the game. <clears throat> we were watching a different game. We weren't watching the Penn State-Iowa game. So we were watching something else. And then they kept going to a game break and showing them, and they like mentioned it, and it was like 7-6 to six or something like that at halftime. And then they like advertise for the next week, which is Penn State, Michigan. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I want to watch another <laughs> seven to six game. Like, no, no, can't wa- wait, can't wait. Yeah, that game we were watching was LSU, Florida, which was the best game of the day, by the way. But if you're a Clemson fan, it was, of course, best to see Clemson beat Florida State. And I, boy, do I love seeing Florida State lose. All right, so that I think covers all of our bases. Uh, hopefully, this next episode we're gonna get some more sound for you, some Dabo sound but we didn't get a chance to listen to his press conferences afterwards. Um, and maybe we'll go back. I'll probably go back and listen to some of the some of the quotes that he had and some of the sound that he gave this last week, these last couple of weeks, actually, because uh, he usually during the bye week is when people come out of their shell and they start saying some, you know, they've had some time off and, and uh, start saying some funny things. And Dad was already, he already had, his proclivity is already to lean in the funny direction. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, overall, I think as Tiger Nation can be happy with this win and all that self-scouting helped out and, and we're looking forward to traveling up to Louisville for a 12 o'clock game. Trap game? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No. No, I don't think so. I'm looking at their <laughs> schedule right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, the hardest game is the last game of the season, it looks like now, and that's South Carolina after this week, that's for sure. Yeah, who knows? I, yeah, maybe the toughest part of their their actual schedule. We thought it was going to be Texas A&M and Syracuse and maybe Wake Forest and USC. I thought, I thought that was funny at the game. There were people around us that they just kept checking the score of the South Carolina, Georgia game. And like, they weren't even paying attention to the Clemson game. They were just, (laughs) (laughs) I know. And then we watched the broadcast and they're like, Oh, they have no idea what's going on like with South Carolina. We're like, like everyone has their phone. Yes, out. we did. <laughs> we were pl- paying plenty close attention to that. So uh, good. Maybe we'll actually have a game at the end of the season. But anyways, first up, we'll we'll uh, take on Louisville noon on ABC next week. Looking forward to that. All right, that about covers it. We will be back fr- Thursday, Friday ish, one of those <laughs> days, for a Louisville preview. You won't want to miss it. And as always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to drop us a subscribe. We won't see that. Or you can leave us a positive review, which we will see. And we would love to see that. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Be all in on the best Clemson podcast around. By subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And while you're there, it'd be cool if you left us a positive review. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Join our community of all-in Clemson Tiger fans. Just search for Clemson Podcast.
This was the All In Clemson Tigers podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of the Clemson Tigers. <laughs>